Los Nachos Amigos, and welcome to Record Breakers. Fingers in the camera. I'm Petey Rave, your man with no plan. Here with me is my team, my squad, my quartet. Uh, we have Brett. Uh, cheers, love. The cavalry's here. Yes. Patrick. Hola. And Drew. Oh, well, let's break it down. <laughs> uh, it's high noon, everyone, and we're here to talk about some music. Uh, it's not high noon. It's like ten. It's like nine o'clock at night. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Talk about music. Uh, we're talking about some stuff. We're talking about some jazz. Uh, I'm the provider of the music this week, and I decided uh, as the least qualified to talk about music ever especially music that is highly influential and and has uh history and probably needs uh, some some proper introduction uh and it's I, never been talked about by anyone ever before <laughs> this is your definitive choice yes for uh information i hope somebody writes a book report based off of our review yes <laughs> a book report based off of a review Oh, no, yes. sorry. Yeah, the book report. Yeah, I, <laughs> I just pulled something that I've made fun of somebody for saying in the past. So, <laughs> all right, there we go. Uh, we're talking about Miles Davis, and we're talking about Kind of Blue. Uh, it's an album. It's Miles Davis. Uh, it's a bunch of people you know. Like It's, it's uh, a bunch of talented musicians all in one room doing uh, some jazz. Uh, you can say that. <laughs> it's it's a lot of it, it's a very well known album. If you went to school uh, for music, you know it. Uh, I took a I I learned about it from my jazz and popular music 101 <laughs> uh, at in uh, community college. <laughs> you know, uh, 101. I'm point that out. 101. 101. Yes. Oh, this the is his, well, I think it was, I think not specifically that, I think it was just the history of uh, jazz and popular music or something like that, rather than theory. I think that's what it was, but more or less. Uh, probably like eight hours of a Ken Burns documentary <laughs> devoted to just this album. So. Yes. Uh, yes. A lot of panning uh, shots. Yes. Uh, so it's a, it's a very well-known album. You can, you can know the, all the analytics and all the, all the technicalities and all that. It's. It's a group of dudes. It's Miles Davis. It's Bill <laughs> Evans. It's Jimmy Cobb. It's Paul Chambers. It's John Coltrane. It's Julian Adderley. And and for, okay, and for one track, it was Wynton Kelly. Hey, Wynton Kelly's back. Well, hey, guys. <laughs> the analytics say Miles Davis was really good behind the three-point arc. But yes. Exactly. He had handles. <laughs> it's intangibles. He had t- intangibles. Uh, he had good hand movements. Work, you know, good hands. Uh, Great A show we got going high, right now, high, high, high basketball IQ. Right That's right. <laughs> uh, we're really talking a lot about jazz music right now, folks. Hey, we were talking about Reggie Miller earlier. <laughs> yes, it's, it's just on our brain. This is, yeah. This is just on our brain. We're going to uh, talk not about what we're talking about, but talk about it. Um. Uh, let's start with you, Brett. Brett, what were your expectations coming into this album? I, I knew what this album was. I hadn't listened to it in a long time. Um, I'm not a horn jazz kind of guy, but there's some saxophone work that I, when I was in my studies um, with an old man to teach me how to play jazz, uh, he uh, on guitar, 
he handed me a bunch of uh, sheet music of saxophone lines because you can steal a lot of guitar stuff from a saxophone. And then you can be like, hey, saxophone, look at this. I'm playing a chord now. And they're like, oh, I can't do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there, there's some really cool saxophone stuff that um, is in this album that, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's really cool. Um, so I, I, that's the stuff that I really remember um, a little bit. I, I've had the, I've gone off the deep end with, with horn freeform uh, horn jazz before um, where it, it, it turns into a bunch of geese honking in your ears and even somebody who knows what they're trying to listen for still gets lost kind of a thing. This doesn't have that. So I knew that I, I knew that this was going to be straightforward, um, a pretty tight package. Um, you know, it's, 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 there's a reason why people call this album what they call it. So, We'll get into that later. We'll get into that. Uh, Patrick, what expectations did you have coming to this album? In, in the long, long ago, in the before time, in middle school, I played trumpet. Uh, and I think I owned this album. I'm like 99.9% sure. And I definitely, in 6th or 7th or 8th grade or so, knew how to butcher at least two songs on it. So I am familiar with most of this. Uh, it's It's been a really long time since I've really listened to this, other than you hear these so- uh, some of these songs in passing on uh, on jazz radio stations or you know on home music when it's jazz. Uh, there, some of these are very popular. Uh, this album is argued to be one of the two or three best selling jazz records ever made. Uh, so, yeah, I've heard it, but it's been a while. So I was, I was happy to come back around. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drew, what were your expectations coming into this album? My expectations? Petey, this is the slowest underhand pitch you've ever given anybody. <laughs> this is Kind of Blue by Miles Davis. Miles Davis, a guy known for being really good at the horn and the best album he's ever made with people like Coltrane and Chambers. Yeah, I'm familiar. Um, no, it's it's Miles Davis. Like I, I sort of was expecting to get some good jazz, oddly enough. Um... And from a pioneer in the genre. So I don't know. Maybe I got that. Maybe I did not get that. <laughs> we'll get into that in the B block. Uh, yeah, this was, I just, I felt like this was something worth talking about, at least for, you know, once. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a very interesting album. Like I said, I, it was introduced to me in school. So obviously uh, it's, you know, you look, read the Wikipedia article uh, by late 1958. <laughs> Davis employed one of the best and most profitable. Uh, like it, it's uh, it's modal jazz. If you know what modal jazz is, uh, if you that, don't click on the link on Wikipedia, and it'll yeah. tell you all about it. It'll tell you all about it. It went. It's from exactly what it sounds like. It uses modes yeah. in exactly. jazz. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we don't it, know it what modes are. Dictionary defines modal jazz. <laughs> it basically and, and like looking at it, it's. It's Mo- modes are not necessarily scales, but they're re- they're closely related. Closely related. Right. He, he went from building. Yeah. He went. From, he used to do, uh, basically Miles Davis used to do crazier shit in a hard bop style, uh, with more improvisation and chord and, and complex shit. And he decided to he experimented a little bit with modes uh, in the previous album, and he decided, hey, let's do this, do an old, a whole album on it. Uh, Hey, dudes that I hang out with and play music all the time. Let's do this for a whole album. It's like, hey, cool. Uh, and they did it. And it's cool. 
and it's fun and it, well, it's it's interesting and and kind of cool to kind of sit down and and groove to like uh it's uh it has a lot of things going for it it's it's straightforward uh it progresses well it's uh, musically it's cool and interesting and smooth uh yeah uh i'm i i'm not the best at describing things from a musical standpoint so i'll I'll leave it to you guys but it's a cool record that does a lot of really good things really well uh jazz wise uh as people have said before uh brett what would be the musical themes and elements that you would draw from this well first off i gotta say uh Chekhov's roast beef sandwich came so uh, i had to have that in the camera i just remembered that there's a four up shot of all of us <laughs> so you got to see me eat some roast beef so now i'm super powered by roast beef to tell you that this is uh there's some some amazing things going on in this album um that was probably not powered by roast beef but uh the trumpet work is obvious um it's it's uh but it, it's fairly matched up with the works of the saxophones and the piano um on the recording that I heard this time, the 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 bass sounded a whole lot better. Yeah. Um, that it gets the the milady tip of the hat. Um, it's a it's a pretty awesome uh, sounding for for the time. Um, you know, in the the quality of the recording uh, originally, I, I was really the 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 low end sounded really good. Um, the the tightness is is you know fairly unmatched i guess uh by modern comparisons that you know for for musicians of this level to be able to get together get along get through some sessions lay something down like this and and be at the skill that they are um you know i i i could not imagine getting around that many people at that level and trying to get anything done um and i'm not even but yeah, it, you could look up every person who has uh, like worked on this album and go down the rabbit hole uh, in Wikipedia. Like, you know, the, every person that worked on this album could have been like, yeah, you're gonna you you can go down a Spotify rabbit hole with them. But uh, you know, there are a lot of huge people that 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 really came together. Um, and you know, luckily, there's only a few tracks on this album. This is like. <laughs> This is the fewest tracks of an album that we have. So uh, when uh, when we get to the five choices of, of songs that we get to talk about, uh, we can sort of break down what really worked. And uh, yeah. also, yeah, the 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 drums. Um, I also wanted to like the 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 way that the uh, the hi hat comes in and uh, um, works with the bass. And like every now and then, like the 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 horns will be going doing their own thing, pan will be doing its thing, but then they'll like shift and all of a sudden the bass will start walking and the and the drum will like do a little shuffle and go ride the ride. And uh it it, it, it really does a lot for um for me. I, I, I liked it. It was like a, a shifting of gears. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Patrick, what would be the themes and elements that caught your attention? Uh, if you were to make a murderer's row of jazz musicians in 1959, everyone on this album would be included. Uh, it's just it's basically all the all the, you know, some of the best of that era. So basically every single part, if you if you if you pick an instrument and you follow it, it probably does something awesome in a song. Uh it's I am I am not a jazz head. I do not understand everything. I, I know what a mode is in the in the I can read a definition and vaguely understand its sense, but I never 
got far enough into music theory to ever really understand them. And I played jazz at a very young age and I sucked at improvising of which this album is kind of, kind of heavily relies on, you know, improvisation on a basic theme. Uh, but what, what you see, especially in, in some of the tracks more than the others is jazz what jazz is very often, especially this era of jazz until it got a little crazier later, there's always sort of a, a hook or a theme that it comes back to. And then everybody goes, takes their solo and it, you know, bounces around between the two. It's kind of like a verse chorus, verse chorus thing in pop music, just, you know, all in, usually all instrumental and a lot more complicated. And this is, if you're gonna, like, if you're not, if you don't understand jazz, this is not a bad way to get in because it is it's very foundational in everything that followed it. And it is in a lot of ways the culmination of everything that came before it. Um, again, I play trumpet. So Miles is everybody loves Miles Davis. He's fantastic at what he does. He's one of the best ever, if not the. But you also, have, you know, John Coltrane rocking on sax. Uh, Bill Evans and Whitten Kelly on piano, depending on the song. Uh, both of which really make their presence known. There's good bass lines, and I still will never quite understand jazz drums, but they're done well here. Yeah. Less is more. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that It's exactly what it is. It's the opposite of, of prog rock, where more yes. is more. Yes. Uh, you know, I like to say, peeing your pants is cool. And consider Very, very technical rudiments, but not like crazy use of all drums. Yeah, it's... Yeah. It happens jazz in, drums are in weird. moments. Like there, there were people who definitely in this era were playing crazy ass shit in, in a jazz sense, but that usually tended to be more towards big band swing jazz rather than, than this, which is super. They got to, they got to get the brushes out on this album. Yes. Big band. Yeah, you gotta is, be banging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Drew, what would be the themes on the that caught your attention? Uh, I, I would like to piggyback on the sentiment that's happening right now and say that yes, indeed, this is some, cool guy ass shit going on in this record um and i love me some of that type of jazz but like it's miles davis like it, the dude's a jazz legend like he's one of the compositional greats of any era the dude could lead any band he he's the lead in this band right he's the band leader of a band that includes paul chambers and john coltrane Let's just talk about how weird that would have been for just a hot minute. Um, but, so there's a lot I could say about that. And it's been said before ad nauseum. Um, it's a great album in general. But I think something that sort of caught me because I've been getting into this conversation with folks like at work and stuff like this, like while I was listening to this record. But what caught me in a cool way was not how great this record is, not how great it was composed, not how great it was produced, but the imperfections in the record in an era where everything is polished to a high sheen in music, where everything is overdubbed and made perfect. Like even in like improv solos, there are no real improv solos anymore. They are thought out, pieced together and put on the record. This you could hear um, imperfections in the solos and I think that gives credence to the fact that like these guys were just going in and like doing it they were thinking about it they were playing it and then they were doing it and that I think like 
demands respect to a point. Um, and, and it wasn't but, like the era of like Cannonball Adderley didn't like bump into a, a chair and make a big old squeaky noise. I mean, there was the professionalism of the recording was there. But like, right. yeah, like it is it is great when you hear somebody miss a note. Right. The, the first track has a dropped embouchure. And for all the horn players out there that know what the hell a drop embouchure sounds like, it comes out and you're like, oh, and then Davis just picks it right back up without missing a beat. And I'm like, all right, respect um, or respect, as some folks would say in the industry today. But that's uh inside baseball joke that I thought Pete was going to laugh at. Um, yes. well, but, <laughs> I, was, I was looking up something for research. Sorry. Gotcha. <laughs> Sometimes um, I do things. <laughs> yes. But. This is this is definitely as we said before. This is getting into that like modal jazz. This is what sort of got into that. And I say scaled in a layman's terms for the ones in the audience that are not musicians that don't prescribe the music theory. The solos in this are all based around a basic net framework of a musical mode, right? So it's having this in jazz as opposed to like the more hard bop, more free formy stuff was actually the type of stuff I like in jazz more. Um, this and this and fusion being probably my favorite types of jazz. Um, as far as instrumental jazz goes, um, probably all jazz too, but overall, like just seeing this and how this is how our super group <laughs> should be. Yeah. Yeah. There are super groups like this is a super like, duper group. <laughs> super de duper dad. I, I was I was going to bring up um what was it? Sticks. Oh trying to make a super group. No. <laughs> and sorry. I I do not mean to derail you. It just when somebody says super and there's a a chance to say duper. Duper. Yes. <laughs> that, that doubles duper. down on but super. I, I don't think we need to talk about that good or chicken foot or whatever they were. Oh, that band hey, was also hey not now chicken foot uh, for five minutes was a great idea. So. For, for five great minutes, idea. it was a great idea. And then that song ended and the next song started and you were like, Oh, this is going to continue to be a thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, as we derail talking about the shittiness that is chicken foot, I'm going to go back into the awesomeness that is miles Davis. Uh, like let's uh, let's go back into that please because this is this is considered his magnum opus for a reason there is no doubt about that yeah uh i will say what what you we said about like the like the imperfections and maybe for some reason i I just couldn't get it it just got in my head and i had to let it out it's like it, it made me think of the line in almost famous uh where uh uh freaking what's his face uh billy crudup's character uh what pulled aside uh willie miller is like uh but you know it's not what you put in is it it's what you leave out listen to listen to marvin Gaye, a song like what's going on the single woo at the end of the second verse you know that woo <laughs> the single woo uh that's what you remember the silly things the little things there's only one and it makes the song it's what you leave out that's rock and roll obviously we're talking about jazz not rock and roll but it's like those little things that that you leave in or take out of one vibra slap. If they had one vibra slap on this album, a sproing. Where is the sproing? There is no sproing. It's a it's an album of all sproing. And people call it a perfect <laughs> record. I I that, that yeah. we beg to yeah. differ. There is not one air horn drop. There is not, not you know. There's not a single line about 
uh, trains. No police sirens. You're, you're swimming in horns, not one of them in air. We're getting drunk. Uh, but yes. <laughs> I could just keep going talking about Squiggles music, but yeah, let's. Yes. Uh, uh, enough going back to, to enough talking about David Allen Coe. Uh, let's yes. talk about because there really is no. Uh, though it, I am half. That's going to happen one of these days. A David Allen Coe record, probably oh. an awful one, but yeah. Uh, probably probably the one of that has the song I sang last week. <laughs> uh, but that aside, talk about some key tracks. There's only five of them, uh, so I'm not going to go through all of them. I'll talk about the opener uh, of of the song. We have uh, "So What." Uh, it's an iconic song for a reason. It's known very well. It it does a really good job of like. Uh, everybody introducing themselves slowly throughout, you know, like the beginning of the of the track. Like everybody comes in one by one, or uh, to like just say, "Hey, what's up?" <laughs> uh, it builds really How well. <laughs> How you doing? Uh, and with the ma- with uh, I believe, and the, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Miles Davis is the last to introduce himself, uh, and I think I remember it that way. Uh, which works out really well. It's like everybody comes in, and then lastly, it's Miles Davis, the the, the star of the the record, uh, and it does a really good job of introducing who you're going to be listening to and what you're going to be listening to. You know, kind of like classic. That's why we call it the record breakers thing because that is, uh, that is one of the most important things. Is like like we said before, ad nauseum, the introducing yourself properly. Uh, and introducing what you do as a as a artist or as a band, uh, and they did a great job. And uh, one of my other favorite songs on this record, uh, Flamenco Sketches. It just does a lot of really cool things with a uh, with what it does, uh, you know, with the different parts, uh, with everybody's kind of like their thing, doing their thing. Like it just does it really well. Like uh, especially uh, the horn stuff. Uh, it all builds really well and it it's just feels really cool altogether. Like it's one of the, it's, it's whenever, when I used to work, uh, at, as a, as a guy selling high end audio gear, uh, we had, uh, turntables and we had kind of blue on vinyl. And I would, you know, when I wanted to play a song from that record, I would put on flamenco sketches. I don't know if it was the right song to put on, but it just felt like a good song to put on. And for a reason, like they were just something that it, it, it made, especially on really good speakers, especially on a pair of uh, Diamond Series 802s from Powers and Wilkins is real nice. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, but yeah, Brett. Smooth. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 Let's talk about some tracks. Let's let's keep. Let's go. Let's go. Let's narrow down. Let's bear down. Let's bury in. Let's 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 whittle this down to its uh, its its essence. Track yes. by. I I think I'll review two fifths of this album. That sounds like a fair amount. Yes. Um, you know, I it's. This is an album that that's you know, it, it's made for like passive consumption you just kind of put the record on and let it go it's not really got a hot dance club mix no. that you're that you're that you're playing over and over um it sort of 
it, it did it not as much as it doesn't bounce around like the uh, the album I brought with uh, that was specifically playing with different styles. You pretty much get what you come into, but like when the song the the album opens up, um, I think I listened to a an NPR show that talked for like half an hour about the first minute of this song <laughs> and about how iconic it is. Um, so I I'm going to try and be as sort of broad as I can here without getting too weird. Um, the beginning is like, it's it's the super iconic, everybody knows what album you're listening to when, when it opens up, just the way that it, it sort of all comes in. And it's it's something that even people that aren't into jazz know. Um, I personally really like the, uh, the, uh, the way, again, how the, like, you start playing along and then all of a sudden the drums hit snare, 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 Baseline starts walking one way, the drums hit, um, you know, and they they sort of shift into another direction. Uh, for as much as you're going to break down on an album that's not really made to be doing that kind of stuff, you're not going to get some some uh, some banging Ingve licks or anything going on in this album. But uh, I, I really enjoyed that. It's there's there's some real subtlety uh, to to the work of the people in the back. Um, it's really fun. And Freddie Freeloader, um, I enjoy that because uh, th- that's some fantastic piano jazz. Um, it's the kind that I subscribe to. Um, it's something that uh, a casual listener can can follow. Because a lot of times with jazz, things start jumping off and your ear doesn't, it doesn't go to where your ear expects things to go. You know, you don't have that uh, that awesome you know, it's not minor pentatonic. You don't know where the next note's going to come before it comes a lot of times. But this, um, it's sort of, it, it's the the instruments, and they work like uh, like the human breath. If, that was one thing that I was taught when I was trying to play, um, improvis- when I was trying to improv on, on guitar, um, is people are used to listening to people talk in breaths, and then they stop their pauses. And if you give too long of a string of information, people get more, more and more people drop off the longer you go. So if you do things in tight, um, tight little licks, um, sort of like a vocalist would do and, and accentuate similar to that, uh, it makes it a lot more digestible. Um, and this is great at that. The beat is simple and tight. Um, and I really enjoyed the room echo. Um, when you got the, 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 the saxophones, um, especially, um, the amount of, of echo bouncing around there was, was pretty cool is definitely not out of a box hanging on a rack. You know, was, that was some, that was some awesome, uh, recording space. And, and, and for some reason it was mainly the saxophones that were, you were getting most of it. I don't know how the, what they were bouncing off of or whatever, but I, I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But those are those are probably the two go-to songs that I would send somebody to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick, what would be what, how would you drill this down? What would be some key tracks for you? So I'm gonna talk about the ones I used to play in long, long ago. Uh, the opener, so what? Uh, great freaking bass line that I don't think I appreciated as a child, but really now, like that's a great bass line, and it has a really good hook. Like it, it like the the sort of I don't know what the jazz term is for the little theme they return to every time, but it has a very, very good one and one 
that is iconic and memorable for a reason. Um, it's just it's an it's a really really it's an enjoyable song. And then uh, Freddie Freeloader for two reasons. One, my aunt used to have a cat named Freddie the Freeloader, uh, in part because of this song, uh, and partially because he was a stray. He was a freeloader, uh, but he was a good cat. Um, a cat, of course, he's a freeloader. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but he was yeah. a cat ain't paying his way. A cat ain't paying his way. Yeah. Would, would you say? So, would you a say cat he is was? A, oh, sorry. Would, would you say? These he was are people who cat. also had a cat named Harry Truman. Would, Not would, Harry. Harry Truman. Would Would you say he was Hep Cat? Perhaps. There's a long road to go, Petey. You waited a long time. It was worth it. Don't <laughs> let anybody tell you any different. <laughs> So, uh, I'm I'm always all for anything that can make a vague reference to a ska band. Yes. Because <laughs> that's what I'm reminded of every time I hear the word Hepcat. Yes, yes. Makes me smile. Because yes. ska. Yes. So um, about cats. Let's talk about cats here. What, what about cats? <laughs> this week on Cat Breakers. Yes. Uh, let's not break any cats. Poor little guys. Yes, that sounds, that sounds like a deeply fucked up cats. show that someone on this... this yeah. Sounds like it sounds like not a even good. doom music can make that okay. Yeah, yeah. it's like it sounds like a sounds like a theme to a Cannibal Corpse song. Uh, they nobody no will know. no they only talk about killing humans. They don't kill anyone else. Okay. Uh, you, I would part know. Of terrible. <laughs> I would know because I. <laughs> oh, but do, do, are you saying Cannibal Corpse is the bleeding needs to come to the show? No, 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 no. Nope. Nope. Uh, I okay. we will, uh, that will get uh, that will probably just get uh, we can get make that uh, really quick episode where everybody just uh, does uh, the critic nope. line. Nope. <laughs> nope. Everybody nope. just does a, it. Stinks. It stinks. It. Yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah. So uh, so briefly, just to touch on Freddy the Freeloader, and then I will uh, cede the rest of my time to the rest of the crew. The piano on it's really good. Uh, Winton Kelly makes his his triumphant return. Uh, to the uh, show to do this and be awesome at it. And basically, like we were talking about it, like when people talk about jazz being cool, they're talking about that song. That's that like to me, if you're going to like like jazz is cool as a phrase and you're going to like cite it, you just cite Freddie Freeloader. It's such a good song. Uh, and really, I think is it's one I remember playing fondly, if, if poorly. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, Drew. What would be some some the tracks for you? Okay, um, I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and for a couple of these try not to mention too much of Miles Davis, um, because he's Miles Davis. You could talk about him forever. So so what? Uh, with that in mind, the piano intro is something that's just awesome. Uh, just dives right into it. Uh, mid tempo jazz is sort of ma- like I said before. It's cool as shit. Like, it's that, like, cool high finger popping awesome shit, right? So, yeah, I might be driving a shitty Sebring down the road in the falls, like, trying to get home from work. But goddammit, I listen to this in my mind, close my eyes for a second at a red light. I'm in an E-type Jag, and that's okay. That swing and drum, the walking bass line, it's, it's just got that feel to it. Um, it's that song that like it's first for a reason it lets you know like Bill Evans Paul Chambers Jimmy Cobb they're they're there and they're going to make their presence felt 
and it's felt in this song very, very well. Uh, Blue and Green, I think that slowing it down after a couple of uh, swinging tracks, getting something a little more subdued there is cool. If the first, if uh, the first two tracks were like more finger poppy uh, jazz, this was more of that like jazz in a nice like restaurant sort of quiet moody groovy jazz um and then flamenco sketches my god i love flamenco sketches um it's it's just one of those tunes straight needle on a trumpet something special um coltrane being coltrane what are you gonna say (laughs) about that guy um it lets you know like it leads you away from the album letting you hear every bit of what this group of guys was about in music. And it didn't do it in a boisterous way. It didn't do it in a like insanely show offy way. It just put the perfect bow on the end of an album. That was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I was looking things up like as, as I do on Wikipedia for, for of the album. Uh, and I went into the blue and green track. And uh, of course there's a, Probably people know that there's a dispute of who you know who wrote the album. Was it just Miles Davis or was it Miles and Bill Evans? Uh, as is detailed in the Wikipedia article I'm reading here. I, I like this line. Uh, Evans recounted that when he suggested that he was entitled to a share of the royalties, Davis wrote him a check for twenty five dollars, <laughs> <laughs> which I just thought was just kind of funny. Uh, but yeah, kind of blue. Uh, let's bring it back around the horn for some conclusive, conclusive thoughts. Uh, Brett, what would be your conclusive thoughts on this album as a whole? I mean, this this album something that people ought to listen to. Um, you ought to go and listen to what other people do with these same songs. There, there are a couple songs on this uh, album that I have heard other people play more than I have heard this version of. Um, you can you can really get down on some uh, the, the the lovely uh, fact of jazz being a a copy and paste kind of a kind of an art and you can see what other people do with what is here this is a great foundation for a lot of musicians um and uh you can see how that this album uh affected the genre as a whole uh, going forward um nobody did the jump splits off of a marshall stack but uh this is a pretty hot album uh that uh you should be at least familiar with you should be familiar enough to know that somebody is putting this on and playing it that way, you can be impressed. You might like win a second date by by knowing that or something. <laughs> yeah. But this is this is like a preferred reading um, yes. before uh, before going into the world of, of jazz because it, it gets weird. There yes. there's some stuff. Yeah. When it starts becoming math, you know, the, this is this is the part that's not so yes. much. You can just yes. sit and listen and, and, and enjoy. So please do yourself a favor and enjoy. Yeah. Uh Patrick. What would be your conclusive thoughts on this album? Um, it's read the Wikipedia. It's basically the quintessential album of its era and genre. It, it's um, I, I feel like if you are are like like I think all of us are, and the sort of person where their their desire to listen to music goes beyond that of normal rock and pop. This is kind of required listening. It's like those books they make you read in high school. Not all of which are your favorites but like you, you learn something by reading them uh like like, like it, a tender we all we all have those uh it's it, it's it's not the scarlet letter which is garbage 
but, Chocolate you know. War. Oh, the that Scarlet one. Wasn't that bad. Scarlet Letter is garbage. Oh, I, I mean, there was that. no 1984, but like... No, 1984 is terrific. You should have to read that one. I'm not going to have an opinion. <laughs> Fahrenheit 451. You should have to read that one. Fuck the Scarlet Letter. It's about uh, television. Yeah. The so, again, I, you, should re- you should listen to this record. It's... It, it, and I think it's fairly approachable for someone who's not super deep into jazz. Because I am not super deep into jazz other than I really enjoy like crazy fusion jazz uh, in a weird way. But like this is this is not a thing I know enough about music to really understand. But I still enjoy listening to it. Mm-hmm. Shine on, Pony Boy. Uh, Drew. We'll be. I want some reggae. <laughs> I was trying to make an outsider's reference, but. Uh, it's stay golden. Stay golden, Pony Boy. I, stay golden. I, I didn't have the Wikipedia article in front of me. I, 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 I read all those books like half a dozen times. Yeah. I was a. I had nothing to do in middle school. Drew, what would be your conclusive thoughts on this album? Well, on this album, it's. The, how can you say anything about this album without sounding <laughs> like? Look, people. Hey. We're, we're four dudes talking about music. And guess what? This is Miles Davis. Ain't none of us qualified. I, if, if, you've, <laughs> if you've listened to a lot of music before this, and you know about anything about making music, you've probably heard this guy's name before. If you haven't, fix your problem. But I'm willing to bet people that take the time out of their week to listen to a podcast of four idiots talking about music will probably like music um and if you like music in any sense of the word this is miles davis he is a name you've probably heard even if you haven't heard his music this is the album that is considered quintessential jazz this is considered one of the cornerstones in the genre this is one of the cornerstones in music history it is the best-selling jazz record for a reason it is approachable but it is still deep and has a lot going for it and it really like sort of pushed a lot of more modal styles of jazz, which again, I think are the more approachable, more fun styles of jazz in the first place. Um, that's miles Davis. Like, the, the guy, it's the might dark have been a souls bit weird. of <laughs> jazz music. Yes. No, no, it is not the dark souls of jazz music. It's the demon it is, souls. It is. No, I would say it's not the, any of the Souls games because this is not hard to get into. Yes. <laughs> uh, Those games are hard. This is the Super Mario of jazz. It is easy to get into, but there's a lot of depth and freedom there for you to explore. Strangely if you so please. A, a dinosaur, but yes. Yes, yes. Uh, I didn't yeah. say it was the Yoshi's Island. Of, of crayons everybody this album which is better crayons. than super mario world crayons. apparently hey if you watch your stop we gotta stop <laughs> you're just lying to, to people i'm sorry this yes. <laughs> i apologize um, yeah so this was this was a r- the risk of uh having another uh it's fucking rush uh episode uh yep. as uh so i apologize uh-huh. this goes on that front uh but uh, there, I figured that with this, uh, 
there was probably at least a lot, uh, a, a, a sizable amount of people of anybody that even bothers to listen to the show uh, that probably hasn't uh, gone out and sought out this record and probably hasn't listened to it. It's 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 one of those like when you talk about those iconic artists that influence people music and then people that are smart about music tell you that that stuff is uh it could feel like it would be homework to go and check it out like all right yeah it's like it's like uh it's it's like the books you get like like patrick said like the books you get in school that you have to read for 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 school assignments and whatnot uh but there's a reason for that and it doesn't make it not a cool fun good record to go back and listen to uh everything about this is very well played it's got the perfect imperfections it's got uh the some of the it's got some of the best musicians in uh the history of jazz uh and it's just a damn good record to go back and listen to and uh it's it should be one of your foundational uh records to to have in your arsenal uh and you should go listen to it that's it not to pr- I'm not going to prolong things. Uh, yeah, let's get right to the main event of the evening. Our haiku reviews. Yeah. Uh, I'll start with you, Brett. Brett, what is your haiku? Some critics can call the greatest album ever. This one's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Patrick, what is your haiku? Songs I've played before that I understand more now. Cool, exemplified. Mm-hmm. Drew, what is your haiku? Beautiful trumpet, a supergroup that wasn't lovely modal. Mm-hmm. Although, because of what you said earlier, I almost want to change my last line to "It is fucking rush," but that's. <laughs> Neither here nor there. It's fuck. It is fucking Miles. <laughs> I think Miles is too soft. This is more an exercise for Miles, the 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 podcasters, than it is for the viewers. Yes. <laughs> the hard part is our part. The easy part is listening. Yes. Um. The, yeah. Uh. Yeah. So, uh, uh, my haiku: a timeless standard. They teach you the stuff in school for a good reason. Uh and yeah. That is that was Miles Davis kind of blue. Uh it is on our Spotify playlist. Uh just the original album. Uh you can go ahead and if you're on that playlist, kick click that album uh for the like you know like the, the tw- I think the the anniversary legacy edition that has a ton of different alternate takes. If you want to like just sit there and listen to uh listen to that like <laughs> get the director's cut the special edition lord of the rings director's cut uh, edition of this album and have a ball with that so you can do that uh but there it is on our spotify playlist all not neat and nice uh on that spotify playlist will be next week's record and that will be provided by patrick pat what do you got for us next week uh next week we're gonna listen to some uh bluesy ass roots rock with lark and poe and their latest album, Reskinned. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. But that's next week. This is this week. And you can, of course, 
find us all over the internet. Patrick is at the Swagger. Brett is at HeyBittyBayBird, H-I-B-B-I-T-Y-B-I-B-B-A-R-D. Drew is at X-Juicerfrex. I'm at Petey Rave. The show is at 4 Breakers RecordBreakersPodcast.com, RecordBreakersPodcast at gmail.com, TV on YouTube, Twitch, Rebelli.net for those and other shows. All over the places, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Google Play Podcasts. Uh, go on there, subscribe, give us reviews, likes, give us some feedback, you know, tweet us, email us. Uh, we want to know that you're out there. Just let us know what your thoughts are on this album, uh, in, in particular, or any of the albums review. If you agree, disagree, let us know. Uh, we're glad to get feedback. Uh, yeah. Until next time. Hasta los huevos. Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>